Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough, DG McCullough. I'm a narrative coach, a communications coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, the Sage Sayers unpacks communications, tips, and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found the gift, the opportunity, and even some knowledge in life's inevitable challenges. My guest today is Bhavna Sharma Puri. She's a successful marketing leader in the fintech industry. She's a council board member of California State University. She's also a Silicon Valley philanthropist, investor, and a mommy. Now, Bhavna's also a first-generation immigrant, coming from India originally. And I brought her to the Sage Sayers today to unpack with me this interesting phenomena I've noticed in my business circles and my coaching base, where those of us who come from another land, different to the one in which we're functioning as a professional, trying to find this dance, this balance of this dance of integrating the values from the land that we've left behind and embracing those in the new land where we're rising as leaders. But doing so in a way that keeps us authentic, confident, and really honest as well. So I'm delighted to have you on the show today, Bhavna. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. Thank you, Debbie. The pleasure is all mine. Such a fan of the work you do. And I've seen personal benefits with the communication coaching with you. Thrilled to be here. That's so lovely, Bhavna. And we've had a lovely catch up, which took way too much of our time. It's just delightful to seeing you in this space. And I love seeing your smiling face and knowing that you're doing so well, which is another reason that I brought you to the show. So, Bhavna. Talking about this idea of the cultures, balancing cultures and being true to ourselves and the lands that we left behind. For you, that's India. For me, that's New Zealand. And many others that I coach are coming in from other Commonwealth countries like Canada, the UK. And I notice with many clients I coach, including me, they come from a culture that's placing a premium on humility. And with that, they're minimizing versus maximizing their accomplishments and even not speaking of their work at all. Now, you and I know in a culture like the US, where sharing our accomplishments in productive ways is what helps us versus hinders our career. I know from our friendship and from our coaching that you have navigated this shift beautifully. How have you done it? Well, thank you, first of all, for laying out these unsaid cultural differences that so many of us go through every day, especially us women of color that uh, are taught in the Eastern culture where I come from that humility, modesty are some virtues to aspire to be. And that's just inculcated and ingrained in us from when we were little girls. So undoing it, but undoing it while keeping some of the values was tricky when I first got here as a college student. I noticed the cultural differences right away in my college, in the cafe, in the social settings. And it wasn't that I started navigating it right away. 
I first was, of course, in a culture shock. I then tried to almost fight it and go under the radar where like nobody would notice me, not share any of my accomplishments, like not raise my hand and say, I did that when I could see my peers were raising their hand when projects were well received in college, as an example. However, over the course of time, when I realized that either it's a promotion that I'm getting passed for or a race that didn't happen for me, even when I worked really, really hard, I sat back and I started pondering as to like, what would be the cause, even though I thought I was working really hard, I was giving it my best, and there was no more I could do. But then why did I not get that promotion? Or why did I not get that raise? And as I started peeling the onion, I realized there was one thing missing. And that was just authentically sharing our accomplishments in the right way and not feeling guilty while doing that. And so I would say that was my aha moment. So in that aha moment, was it realizing that part of it was not feeling guilty, but also not feeling awkward and clunky? Absolutely. It does not come naturally. Mm -hmm. Like if we're saying that we've accomplished ABC or helped the revenue of a company grow by X number, but we don't see that confidently and it doesn't come naturally to us. It does not land well. As a communication coach, you know the impact a confident statement can make. So if we ourselves don't believe in it and we cannot say it confidently in front of the mirror, for sure your boss is not going to believe you. For sure that panel that's discussing if you should get promoted or move up the ladder or not won't believe in you if you yourself don't believe in it so the first sale like they say is to yourself oh i love that the first sale is yourself and how did you sell to yourself from that aha moment wow i really need to get better at this I think for me, it was the hard way, right? Like getting passed for a promotion, even though I was working the longest, I was the first one in the office, the last one to leave. I was working until I was nine months pregnant in like Bay Area traffic. So I knew something wasn't right. And as I started peeling the onion, I realized that it's that's the missing piece of the puzzle is the fact that I'm not able to in a cohesive authentic, fact-based way, share my accomplishments when the time is right. Mm -hmm. You know, like I should be able to, on an ongoing basis, share with my peers and my boss and the team what I've done, the hard work that was put in, the impact of the work, keep it fact-based while still being my humble self, right? Mm -hmm. While still giving credit where it's due to my team. And when I learned that that's what I can do and to do so on an ongoing basis, not just before a performance review, that just changed the game for me. Awesome. So tell me, walk us through how you changed that game. It sounds like part of the journey was understanding how to share your accomplishments. And I love the descriptors that you use because it sounds like you were very intentionally being, okay, wait a minute, I'm from India. We place a premium on humility. So I need to stay humble. Yes. Sounds like you are drawing almost on your values. I'm also kind and generous. So I want to acknowledge my team, which also ties to humility. Keeping it factual. 
is really great move because when we're just journalistic about our sharing, it removes any risk of others thinking we're tooting our own horn too far or too loud. But what else did you notice was the Bhavna way of sharing your accomplishments? I think the other thing is also like bringing the team along, mm-hmm. not really focusing your accomplishments on belittling others because that's just not who I am as a person. So keeping it very factual, keeping it about the hard work and my accomplishments while bringing the team along and also giving credit where it's due to my peers that helped with the project becoming a success, right? I don't think sharing any accomplishments while bringing other people down or even other teams down. I'm in marketing. We're always doing this dance with marketing and sales. So by saying, you know, we help grow the revenue by X percent, but sales didn't do anything would have just not been the right thing to do and wouldn't have been authentic for who I am as a person. So just, I feel like sticking to my core values, but being brave enough to start tooting my horn in a humble way, in an authentic mm-hmm. way. And not Love feeling it. guilty about it. It's and still not feeling guilty. Even just saying it, I see you getting smaller. Tell me about the guilt. I feel like downplaying who we are, humility, modesty is taught to us. Just it's ingrained in almost in like who I am, even in our social circles. So for example, if I'm doing well at work for the longest time, I felt like I should not shine as bright as I am, or I should dim my lights so others around me feel comfortable, whether it's a friend that's staying at home and not working, or whether it's a guy, a neighbor or a guy who's not at the same position as I am. I almost felt like I had to dim my light to fit in the room and not take as much space because we're always taught that. And And, when when you say we're always taught that, you mean the culture from which you emerged? Yes, the Eastern culture, right? Mm -hmm. Like I started by saying that the Eastern cultures, especially the women in these Mm -hmm. cultures, are taught humility, modesty, but that doesn't do us any favors at work. (laughs) That's right. And if you're ambitious like you and I are, where our work isn't just a work. Our work is, we define ourselves in many ways, but we're very ambitious individuals, you and I. So I have to dim. How was that for you, having to dim your light to fit in and to feel more accepted? I think it was me making everyone else comfortable around myself, you know, putting others before me almost. And that's okay in certain places, but when it comes to our careers or other accomplishments, I think it's time that we start wearing these as badge of honor because we do put in the hard work. We're putting in the long days, so we're not afraid of putting in the work, but we're almost afraid of talking about that accomplishment because we want to be perceived as being humble and modest, which are virtues that are taught to us while we're growing up. But like I was saying, I don't think that helps us anymore in the careers we've chosen and the country we've chosen to live in. Who does it really serve for us to diminish when we choose to not maximize what we're doing or share what we're doing? Does it serve anyone? Are we just misassuming the situation or is it of service to minimize sometimes? I think 
you know, going back to, again, cultural roots and not letting go and not leaving our cultural roots, I feel like I would never share my accomplishments with a person that's struggling already mm-hmm. in life. Like, I wouldn't share... You know how they say, like, if someone doesn't have a child or struggling to have a child, don't talk about your child. Or someone doesn't have money, then don't talk about your money. In the same way, like friends and family that I know are struggling in their careers. I don't think Bhavna is going to be the person walking into that room talking about her career, unless it's to offer advice to them, support or open up my network to help them get a job. Right. So I feel like in those places, I don't want to talk about accomplishments, but there are places where I do want to talk about accomplishments where it is going to help in certain ways, such as at work, such as, you know, like in an ongoing basis, but also like to do that with gratitude, you know, it's not an either or like you can talk about your accomplishments, still be humble. You can talk about your accomplishments, still show gratitude. And I think that's the right way to do it for me versus being so boastful about it. There's definitely like an overexposing moment when you hear it too boastful. How do you know when it's too boastful? Is it just the absence of those qualities that you're really holding on to? I think so. For me, I feel like if I'm not bringing the team along, if I'm not being grateful for the opportunities that made me win those accomplishments, and if I'm not being still humble, like authentically humble, and also when I'm not showing learnings i think you know like yes you can be accomplished and say but i feel like there's room for improvement because i could have done abc so just being really real about it so very substantial yeah i love that so it's almost like the journalistic approach you're not saying this was wonderful kudos to us look at us this is perfect it's hey we really did fantastic here way beyond what we surpassed but we overcame significant challenges and here so maybe part of it is daring the tension what you overcame, but also the parts where you didn't quite meet the mark where you wanted to. So it's like a balanced overview of the success. And I think that is a really effective way to share our accomplishments. Absolutely. Because we're never really done, right? Like, are you done mm-hmm. yet? It's what they say. Like, I think personally on the journeys that we're on, letting go of something, assimilating into something, blending something as first generation immigrants in corporate America, I think we're never really done. It's always a pendulum and you have to make sure it still balances, right? You don't want to go too far where you've forgotten everything and all your roots, but you also don't want to go too left because then you won't assimilate and take the good that this country has to offer to us. Would you say overall, having lived here 20 years, Americans overall are very good at sharing their accomplishments? Because I believe they are. I think they many of them have mastered the art, I think, of sharing and service of their audience, having the confidence to do so, and often in an audience-centered way. I think so. And that is something that's all inspiring for us. So when I first moved here, I learned so much just by observing right? And it's just done so beautifully. It doesn't come across as boastful. It doesn't come across as narcissist. It's just done so beautifully. And I feel like that's something I can continue to learn from. But I do have to say, like, for a lot of us who are first-generation immigrants, but are not English-speaking nations, language is also a barrier in communicating our accomplishments, because it doesn't flow 
naturally if English is not your first language. So like there's multiple barriers to sharing accomplishments verbally or in a written way that we also have to overcome. Absolutely. So what helped you overcome that? Well, you were already very fluent because you'd studied here. What advice can we give the non-native English speakers on, for me, it's remove the jargon, avoid the buzzwords, keep it, understand that less is more, keep your message concise, specific, but trust that plain language versus, I hear a lot of requests for, I want to improve my language choice and I want to have flowery language, but actually even the economist style guide says never choose a complicated word when a simple word will do. And I do believe that it's actually quite effective. What say you? I love that. And I was going to say you're the queen of that. So if you can hire a communication coach like Debbie, please do. It really does go a long way in advancing your career. But other than that, I echo what you said around keeping it simple, using action words, using facts. I've just got like a Google Doc on the side where I feel like if I get kudos or I've accomplished something, I kind of keep writing. It's like a running doc, not very clean, but just bulleted, bulleted. And at the end of the month, I go back, I review the accomplishments, and then I either send them to my boss and my team or mention it in one of the one-on-one calls that I'd have that talks about, you know, career advancement. So those are some of the things that have helped me. I love that. So you actually keep a Google Doc and anytime you gain kudos for you or your team or anything that you're touching, you track it and then you can cherry pick those moments either for your perf review or for any time when you're wanting to raise and elevate the work and the team. Yes, because otherwise it's very difficult to jog our memory three months later or six months later and say, what did I do in January? You know, when you're in July and midterm reviews are due. So it just makes it easy for me to go back to that doc. I think that's an excellent tip. And I might just offer our listeners one more because I'm helping a lot of coaches right now with perf reviews. I've noticed a tendency in Americans who are born and raised here and first generation immigrants where I'll finish the idea and I'll explain briefly the context. They're focusing their perf review, their their own self-evaluation on anything they do as it relates to the company. But And I think that's coming because more companies are saying, we want you to be less about you, more about the team effort. But some of us are taking it too far, I think, and they're forgetting to put themselves in the review. So even adding sample when I coach and guide to say, but how did you feel? How did that work align with your values? Why did this part excite you? And then they just, oh, because I just find that's the best place where really making the biggest impact. Well, why does that impact matter to you? Which values is it aligned with? And then they bring in a piece of them and their response. And suddenly the review just feels more complete. It feels more whole a little bit of vulnerability because it's something personal about them, but that's the best part of the review. What say you? I love that. And you're right on, right? Even when I'm picking the projects I'm working on or where we're spending our cycles at work or outside, it's like, here is the group accomplishment. Here is the business impact and revenue we drove. And here's my part in it. So always keep thinking of like in that doc, if you've got a running doc, what was your role? What was your accomplishment within the larger scheme of things? And why did it excite you? Yeah. What part of that work excites you for what reasons? And then there's a little piece of you in it too. 
I love like it. I'm most excited about this accomplishment out of all we did because it really aligned with everything that excites me about this company. This, this, and this. And this is something I've hung my hat on for 20 years now. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's a piece. Here's another small gem that may spark something is I had this lovely gentleman from Taiwan. He hired me to help him with his perf review. And at the, he'd already just finished telling me he just had his favorite uh, first trip back to the motherland with his infant daughter and with his wife. His parents had never met his child, his daughter before. So when there was this place for personal accomplishments that made you proudest, he gave all these very astute work accomplishments. But I added that piece too as a suggestion to see how it landed for him. And he said, oh, I can put that in there. I'm like, yes, you just told me it was the most proudest moment in your life to go home with your daughter and introduce your two-year-old to your parents. And he put it in there and got a huge response from his boss. His boss loved the whole thing. So I think there's this part of this humility can also be letting our guard down. I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree more. I feel like the day I started bringing my authentic whole self to work, I became Mm -hmm. more relatable, even though I am unique in my own ways, just being, you know, like a woman of color or first generation immigrant. So like, as an example, if there is like an American sports analogy and everyone's laughing, I don't understand it. I am no longer afraid to raise my hand and say, I'd love to be in on the joke. What does that mean? Instead of like faking it that I understand it or just sitting in a corner and not laughing. So there are things that now I just authentically bring. Like if I'm missing home during Christmas because everyone's with their families, I'll bring that up with a close work peer or a friend and say, you know, if someone's like, how's your day going? Oh, just feeling a bit lonely. I love that you all are with your families. Things like Mine that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that you encouraged him to bring his whole self mm-hmm. to Earth Review. How exciting. It was exciting. And I think it tied really beautifully into his accomplishments that he was proudest of because balance and having time for his daughter was one of the things that did make him proud. So, And that was conducive to the culture in which he was functioning. So, well, Bhavna, thank you so much for our delightful conversation. Anything else to air or share today? I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you once again. And uh, we'll keep talking. Keep talking indeed. And is there any way you want my listeners to reach you if they want to just say hi or just congratulate you on your successes? Oh, absolutely. I'll drop my LinkedIn in here. So definitely feel free to connect on LinkedIn anytime. I'll do that. I'll add that to the show notes. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to DG McCullough with The Sage Sayers, a podcast on business communications and mental fitness, finding the sage approach to life's challenges. If you'd like to coach and train with me on any communication or life challenge, visit my website, hangingrockcoaching.com or find me on LinkedIn with the hashtag Brave Communicators. Both links you'll find within the show notes. I want to thank my producer, Doton, for his elegant edits, making these episodes beautiful in ways far beyond my skills. You can find Doton on Fiverr under Titan32. And thank you to my coaches all over the globe who spark creative ideas for each episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.